to the 15 to the 10. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. The legend continues. Chandler Jones, one of the most underrated players in football. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. Well, if one week ago was the wake-up call in the words of Larry Fitzgerald, then what do we call Sunday in Carolina? As we say good morning here on the Cardinals Red Sea Reports, 31-21, the final the Cardinals lose to the Panthers. And really, gentlemen, I think if we're all being honest, and I'll start with you, B-Train, it wasn't even that close as far as a 10-point deficit. No, it really wasn't close. Very disappointed in the effort that was given out there on on Sunday. And and I I just thought that they would come out and and, and play with more energy, obviously uh, playing earlier had some sort of effect on them. I don't really know why they came out the way that they did, but a very disappointing effort and and didn't like the fight at all of what I saw from from the Cardinals. You know, Craig, in the Cardinals' first possession, they get nine yards from Kenyon Drake. They pick up a first down. And then obviously, you know, Kyler misfired on Larry Fitzgerald. I think that would have got the sidelines going a little bit. Um, you know, he, based on his catches, that pumps him up and, and it's contagious. And the next possession, he missed some open receivers, uh, you know, forcing it to Christian Kirk. So they had some opportunities, but obviously, you know, Carolina was the much better team over the four quarters. And a lot of the talk since then, and even going all the way back to week one, has been the offense. Here we are with a second-year head coach, Kyler Murray entering his second year as the quarterback, DeAndre Hopkins, added to the mix. And we're just not seeing that consistency for an entire four quarters. There's been some high points, but a lot more low points. Murray on Sunday, just 133 yards passing on 24 completions. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury yesterday addressing what's going on with this offense we're kind of trying to find ourselves just like every other team uh, through this first month uh, in an irregular NFL season and we haven't hit our stride offensively it's pretty evident um, we have to do a better job coaching and, and playing and uh, I think we will as we move forward we, we want to run the football first and foremost and um, you know I haven't been able to be as effective as maybe we would have liked and that, I think, is a little bit of a concern, MJ, just because, as we talked about, this is now year two. You should be at this point, yet for a second straight year through four games, there's a lot of head scratching. Well, it's puzzling to me because you have the same system, and really they have the same offense with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins. So you would think, now, again, I do think they miss Max Williams, and every team has injuries, and probably not going to see him possibly until after the bye week. That was the update from Kingsbury, but... You know, and they're trying to run a little bit more 10 personnel. They're not as much as last year. But, you know, Dan Arnold and I think Daniels and Thomas, uh, they're suitable when it comes to the blocking. But you got to win up front. And, you know, Humphreys didn't have a great game. Um, I think Pugh played better um, across the board. Obviously a really tough matchup for Mason Cole going against Eric Brown. So, again, that's the biggest concern for me in that game was they got beaten the trenches on both sides of the ball. P-Train, offensively, just starting with that, what are you seeing from this Cardinals offense, or better yet, not seen so far this season? Just not seeing the, uh, the consistency. Uh, you, you see them make plays at times. You see them 
have success throughout the course of the game. You see Kyler Murray finding certain targets uh, at different points in the game, but you just don't see those sustained drives. You don't see those 15, 14, 13 play drives where they can eat up the clock and really keep the opposing offense off the field. And it's just frustrating because you see them with the potential and you see all of these uh, able bodies that, that can do some things, but they're just not doing it on a consistent basis. And, and that's the main thing about the NFL. You've got to be consistent in order to really have long-term success. Cardinals on Sunday got punched in the mouth, trailed 14 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Then after that, actually outscored the Panthers 21-17, but it was those first 15 minutes that really set the tone and something we've now seen in each of the first four weeks as far as slow starts, whether it's on offense or defense, and without the benefit of fans in the stands or a small number of fans as there were on Sunday at Bank of America Stadium. That energy, another buzzword we are are now hearing Kyler Murray address that yeah I think that was that was an area today where um you know we lacked you know we didn't come out with that same energy we came to San Francisco with uh, and I think it showed today everybody was just kind of sluggish um this is the NFL you can't can't do that um because we've, we've gotten beat past two weeks and I feel like uh, a, a little bit of that had to do with our energy thinking you know we were just kind of gonna stroll in and beat these teams and that's just not that's not uh it's not possible you know you got to come ready to go I can appreciate his honesty, but, you know, I don't know how this happens. You just lost the week before, and you feel like, you know, we've talked about the schedule. you got to get off to a good start. you got to, you know, stack some wins at home. And and uh, But I, I can appreciate his honesty, but I, this, team's, this team was coming off a loss. It's easy for us, B-Train, to say, you know, hey, you've got three hours on Sundays. There should be no excuse. You've played and you'd have to go all the way back maybe to when you were real young as far as playing with a small number of fans in the stands. The energy, is it up to the individual player, or is there something to be said about getting that reaction from the crowd? Well, it is different because you're used to having it, but at the same time, you're a professional, and it's your job to create your own energy. You're getting paid actual money and really good money to go out there and perform and do your job. And, yes, it's great to have the fans that you love to have that energy but when it's all said and done you're paid to do a job and you still got to go out and do that job to the best of your ability regardless of if there's people in the stands or not um you can't ever depend on being on the road especially when you're on the road uh you you know that it's either going to be hostile towards you or there's not going to be anything and so uh to use that as any type of excuse uh when you're on the road is really no excuse at all Kingsbury, after that game on Sunday, quote, we didn't match their intensity from the starts, end quote. There will be no fans in the stands this Sunday when the Cardinals once again had East to play the Jets, yet you look at now we close the entire first quarter of the season with a 2-2 two and two record. On the surface, MJ500, okay, now all of a sudden you're basically starting from scratch to begin the second quarter of action. But when you start 2-0, and expectations change, and now you've lost two in a row, and all of a sudden people are wondering, well, what team is it? And we're still find, trying to find out their identity on offense. We know they want to run the ball. We know that in this league the run sets up the pass. You know, it's just an, it's interesting from a standpoint of, you know, they lost – back-to-back, um, you know, NFC games at home, and you don't want that to happen. Now, granted, they have only played one division game, and they won on the road. Um, so, you know, now you're going to have to start winning some road games, and we know they're going to be on the road 
uh, from last week to the next couple of weeks. But the thing is, though, I just think they gotta they got to play complementary football, and they're not doing that. And complementary football means the offense scores points, the defense job is to get the ball back, and special teams is going to try to win you field position. And we just haven't seen that. In all four games, they have not have yet to play a complete game, and that's got to change. I mean, it, it, we can talk about, you know, the first – 25% of the season and there was no off season. It's for all 32 teams. Um, the Panthers didn't have any issues. I mean, they come off a big win traveling across the country against the Chargers. So um, it's now or never. There's only 16 of these games. On that complimentary football note, if you look at Sunday, the Cardinals did capitalize on Patrick Peterson's interception with a touchdown to cut the lead in half. Yet the defense unable to get a stop on the ensuing drive. The Panthers scored, marching downfield, 10 plays, 75 yards, and all of a sudden what was a 7-point deficit turns into a 14-point deficit at the half. Same thing in the second half. The offense scores, unable to get a stop defensively. There's got to be a little bit more give and take or a little bit of guys picking each other up when you're talking about the offense picking up the defense and the defense picking up the offense, B-Train, or am I making more of a bigger deal than that? Well, they, they've got to all work together, and you've got to be able to, to have that synergy. And, and when one side sees the other side of the ball maybe struggling, yeah, they've got to do something to kind of help jumpstart the other side. And, and, yeah, you're all in it together. The one thing about it is you all have the same helmet on, so you're all pulling for the same cause. And, and uh, when you're in those situations and you're in hostile environments and, and things aren't necessarily going your way, you've got to rely on each other because nobody else is going to do it for you. So it, it's – it's kind of an alarm to, to, to realize that, you know, they, they've got some work to do, but I think it's still early enough in the season to where they can correct a lot of these mistakes and, and get back on the right path and, and realize some of the things that they had talked about at the beginning of the season. And, Craig, the reason why the expectations were so high, they're a much better football team on paper. I mean, defensively, you got to give these guys credit. They kind of carried the water the first couple of weeks. And then, obviously, the offense and the defense may have taken a step back in, in the last game or last two games. But for the most part, I mean, there's still 12 games to go here. Um, but you, you got to start playing better football. And, you know, the fact that, you know, they only had the ball less than 23 minutes, uh, total plays 55 to 72. Um, they couldn't get off on third down. They couldn't stop in the red zone. So those are things that you don't want to become trends. Um, i got to think that this week in practice, uh, as, as last week, they're going to have to tighten some things up. And, and this stuff is correctable. So there's still 12 games to go. I believe this team can still be in the playoff race. But right now you got to focus on the next win. Some concern? Yes. Panic? Absolutely not, according to Jordan Hicks. We're 2-2, two two, first quarter of the season. I don't believe there's there's any reason to panic. I believe there's reason to get back into the lab, to detail our work, to work on our execution. We have a, a whole season ahead of us. I've seen crazier things happen than teams losing two in a row. That's my mindset. That's the the, the mindset I'm going to share. Um, that it's it's detail. It's it's execution. It's 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 the basics. I've used your line, B-Train, several times, and I used it on Sunday on the postgame show with respect to this now falls on the players, coaching from Monday to Saturday. But on Sunday, when that game kicks off, it's got to be on the players, and what we saw in Carolina was not indicative of what we think this Cardinals team can be and should be. No, and there's no excuses. And when you are playing big boy football, you've got to go out there and, and perform no matter what the circumstances, whether you're at home, whether you're on the road, east coast, west coast, midwest, 
down south, it doesn't matter. When they schedule the game, you've got to be ready to, to, to go out there and perform when that ball kicks off. And unfortunately, the Cardinals just weren't ready to, to go out there and play. And, and, and it's disappointing. I know a lot of Cardinal fans are disappointed. Uh, we who cover the Cardinals are disappointed. But at the same time, you're not giving up on them or thinking that all is lost. It's just a bad two-week stretch, and hopefully they can get things turned around with, a, with some hard work and, and some real honest self-evaluation. And in fairness to the defense, I mean, they were playing their fourth and fifth safety. In no disrespect to those guys, but there's a reason why they are buried on the depth chart. And quite frankly, if Buda Baker was out there, I don't think we're talking about a ton of missed tackles. You can't replace that guy. I mean, he's one of the best safeties in football, and Jalen Thompson's making strides, and Chris Banjo. So if they can get two or the three of those guys back, all three, I guess we'll find out in the next couple of days. And no, Derek uh, Devon Kennard. Uh, Kennard has is, is done a great job setting the edge. He brings physicality and grit to the team. Now all of a sudden, Reddick's got to get more reps, and then they play Kylie Fitz. So, again, everyone has injuries, but it really affected the communication and the lack of uh, poor tackling uh, in that game against the Panthers. Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, and Chris Banjo, according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury, hopefully back sooner rather than later. No definitive timetable. Same thing with Devon Kennard, who missed Sunday's game because of a calf issue. We will see the Cardinals back on the practice field on Wednesday, and then we'll leave Friday for New York to play the Jets on Sunday. Update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. Minus all of those defensive pieces that we just named. Cardinals defensively struggled against a Panthers team that, well, on paper, not as good, but they were certainly very good for 60 minutes on Sunday against the Cardinals. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Back to pass Bridgewater. Throws deep right side. Overthrown and picked off by Patrick Peterson along the sideline. He's out of bounds near the 31-yard line. And there it is. Just like San Francisco, a potential momentum shift with the takeaway, the first interception by Arizona in 2020. Second down and goal from the three-yard line. Snap to Murray, back to throw. Pumps right, looks back to the middle, fires into the end zone, caught for a touchdown. Thomas with the touchdown, his first, as Kyler Murray and Thomas hook up to get Arizona on the board, making the most of that Pat B pick. Well, we thought that would be the momentum shift as Dave Pash alluded to on that play-by-play soundbite as we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Cardinals, though, unable to complete the comeback, and they fall 31-21 as we take a look at specifically what went wrong defensively, which is why we have Bertrand Berry as well here on the show. Of course, he joins us every single week, but this is your area of expertise, B-Train. And yes, Teddy Bridgewater, a very efficient quarterback. I think he is starting to open up a lot more eyes given how this Panthers team has played over the past two weeks. But minus Christian McCaffrey, you thought, and maybe that was our fault, that this would be a good time for the Cardinals' defense to maybe get some stops, some takeaways, yet that is anything that but that happened on Sunday outside of the Peterson interception. Looking at their skill position, I didn't think that they had a lot of, of, of guys that could really threaten us. Obviously, they had some speed at the receiver position, but uh, they proved to, to – 
be the, the, the equal as far as, as going out there and, and competing. And, and it goes back to that any given Sunday. If you wear that NFL uniform, then you are uh, able to go out there and do some things. And, and unfortunately, I think the Cardinals were so surprised by how well that their skill position group performed. When they talk about receivers, even talking about the running back, uh, they were able to really uh, establish themselves and get into a rhythm well before the, the Cardinals' defense was. And, and again, just a, a disappointing dis- performance by the Cardinals' team all the way around, offense, defense, and special teams. And so you can't just point out one particular side. But, yeah, if you're, if you're going to look at the defensive side, they definitely uh, have their share of, of blame when you start talking about why things went wrong out there in Carolina. The defense B-train had been solid through the first three weeks. Last week, Kyler Murray struggled, and the narrative was, okay, he had a bad day. Did the defense have a bad day in Carolina, or were there some more concerns that you saw? It just looked like a bad day. I just felt like the overall team energy just wasn't there. For whatever reason, they just didn't seem like they were ready to to play when the ball was kicked off, and, and you know, people are going to say, well, it was an early kickoff, this East Coast, we've heard all of this before, but they're, they're professionals. And a lot of the, the struggles that the Cardinals had had in years past, a lot of these guys weren't on, on the team for those struggles. So I'm not going to sit there and say that it's just the, the, the same thing going on. I just think it was the timing was bad, and, and you looked at a Carolina team that uh, was playing pretty well, and, and they were at home, and, and they got into a rhythm before we could. And that was really the difference in the game. Well, and we heard last week from not only Patrick Peterson, but Vance Joseph, and they said this is a really similar offense to the Saints. We know Joe Brady um, was with Sean Payton, and then he went to LSU, and now he's the offensive coordinator. And let's be honest, I mean, Bridgewater got rid of the ball very quickly. They got the run game going. Um, And then you start looking at the Cardinals' defense. I mean, they couldn't get them off the field on third down. They were 7 for 11 for 64%. Uh, they were really effective in the red zone. And there were at least five drives, guys. It was over 66 yards each drive, and time of possession was overwhelming. And I listened to Bridgewater's press conference, and he said, the reporter asked, did you try to keep Kyler Murray and the Cardinals' offense on the sidelines? He said, no, we're going to be aggressive today. And they did exactly that. And that's why when I look at third down numbers and red zone efficiency, the Panthers four of five third down and red zone the Cardinals defense had been very very good in fact they were number one on third down coming into that contest on Sunday so perhaps it was just a bad day there was certainly a lot of poor tackling Jordan Hicks after that game against the Panthers talked specifically about the long scoring drives and unable to get the Panthers off the field on third down it was frustrating you know going for 12 15 play drives at a time is, is tough uh, you know and, and one thing we've been well at this this season so far has been getting off on third down so that was obviously disappointing not just getting off the field on third down B train but how the Panthers were able to convert on third and long third and seven third and ten third and eight third and eight and third and twelve were five of the seven third downs converted by the Panthers on Sunday yeah, we saw a lot of things that the Panthers hadn't been able to establish up until that point in the season. And the fact that they were able to do those things against the Cardinals defense that had had success already and established a style of play already, that, that, that just adds to the disappointment level. And, and, I, and I really think that this team has got to figure out what they're going to be. They've got to figure out their identity. What, what are they going to hang their hat on 
on, on all three levels, offense, defense, and special teams. And for the defense, they've got to play fast and they've got to play physical. If you don't do those things, it's going to be difficult to, to match up against any style of offense that you see out there. I, I just look at, uh, again, when you don't have that energy and when you don't have that, that style of play and, and, and that, that, that aggressiveness that we've seen this team play with at times, it's really difficult to, to go out there and, and dictate, especially when you're on the road. Because I've said many a time, when you go on the road, you bring your defense and your special team. And unfortunately, both those areas uh, let the team down. And it, it was really a, a long day for the team as a whole, but in particularly those areas. That's a great point because Matt Rule said after the game, we wanted to be fast today and we wanted to be physical. And they were. And he talks about how they prepare in practice. And at the end of the press conference, he said, it's not about me, the coaches. It's about the players. Give them the credit because they put the work in. And he thinks the way, the way they practice carried over in the last couple of weeks. But he thought they were fast and physical, and he thought that was the difference in the game. The other concerning number for the Cardinals' defense was just the one sack. Excuse me, no sacks and three quarterback hits. And Teddy Bridgewater, B-Train, certainly had a lot of time in that pocket. And – you can give any quarterback an extra two, three seconds, and they'll pick any secondary apart. These are the best of the best. Even if you're talking about the lowest team that hasn't won a game yet, if you look at the talent that they have on that particular team, those are some of the best athletes in the world. So, yes, even though they may not have had success that thus far in the season, that doesn't mean that they're not capable of going off at any time. And any time that you give a team a certain amount of confidence, they're going to build on that and they're going to try to – to, to use that to their advantage to, to try to take to try to you know get as much success as they possibly can. That's just the name of the game. It's either get or get got, you know. And and unfortunately, the Cardinals were got on Sunday, and and they've got to figure out a way to make sure that that doesn't happen at the very least from an energy standpoint for the rest of the season. Bridgewater, twenty-six of thirty-seven for two hundred and seventy-six yards. Fourteen of his twenty-six completions, MJ, ten or more yards. Nine of those fourteen happened in the first half, and for a lot of that game, he was just picking apart the Cardinals' defense. Yeah, and you know Robbie Anderson, he's a young receiver. They went out in free agency and got him, and you could see he was a young guy that has a lot of speed. And then, you know, DJ Moore was struggling going into that game, and then Samuel. So. And, and then all of a sudden they're able to run the football, and the Cardinals were aware of Davis. They faced him twice in the division with the Seahawks and, and the 49ers, and he was getting low pad level. Uh, just a lot of missed tackles. They couldn't set the edge on, on the Teddy Bridgewater run. I know Campbell was out there trying to get him, and then you know early on you know Patrick Peterson was playing off coverage, and they were running that slant pass. So they just got to tighten things up, and I think Vance, based on the safeties, he wants to play man press coverage across the board and be physical with the line of scrimmage but also now they're going to play a little bit of a soft shell zone and there were a lot of uh, and there was a lot of real estate in that secondary guys were running wide open a lot of problems on all three levels of that defense on Sunday here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury yeah I think it was a rough day overall for um, our team um, offensively defensively special teams um, we just didn't play up to our standard and you know that's how it went. So I don't know if it was one person here or there, as much as just overall effort uh, when you're talking about coaching and playing. And um, hopefully Buddha will be back soon, and, and JT as well. I'm not sure exactly when that will be, but uh, hopefully on both guys, it's sooner than later. 
Yeah, if you can get a Buda Baker returning, a Jalen Thompson returning, who is eligible to come off the injured reserve list, we'll see if he is able to health-wise come back this week against the Jets. And then the other topic, B-Train, is Chandler Jones. Three games now without a sack. The previous two games, his teammates have provided that pressure on the quarterback, but there wasn't a lot of pressure on Bridgewater on Sunday. Yeah, and, and that's collective. It's not just all on Chandler Jones. I think for for Chandler, he, he's still trying to find his groove. And, and I know for a lot of people, they dismiss the whole idea of not having a preseason. But even for veterans, you still need that time to get your, your timing and your rhythm. And, and I think for Chandler, the first quarter of the season, he just hasn't been able to get into his, his rhythm. And I don't think that this is going to be something that's going to be long-term. We've seen him go through spells like this, but I, I think he's going to pull himself out of it, and, and uh, he's just too talented to be held down for that long. And, and I, I really believe that his teammates, and as you said, they, they in the past were able to, to give him a little bit of, of, of release by, by making plays of their own. But I think overall, when you start talking about sacks and pressures, all those things come in bunches, and I think this, defense will get it turned around you'll see this defense look like they've looked in times past and and uh, that will equal a lot of success for this Arizona Cardinals team but you can't just wish for it you've actually got to go out put in the work during the during the week and make sure that it all uh, comes to a head on Sunday and that they go out and execute the game plan that has been put you know, I was in. Uh, you know, I don't want to see every anyone miss a game, and he looks like he's going to be back this week. When we saw Russell Okong out, and they went with Greg Little, and Little did a really nice job in the right tackle, Taylor Moten. He's going to be a free agent next year. I thought they did a good job there. Um, but you look at it. You know, we always talk about the Cardinals need a second guy to help Chandler Jones out. Of course, Marcus Golden was here that year. He had twelve and a half. Chandler maybe had ten and a half. The D line has already surpassed their t- sack total from a year ago. You know, Corey Peters has, got, has two. Um, you throw in Phillips, he has two. Uh, Chandler has one. Zach Allen has one. Then Reddick and Kennard, they have a couple. So you want to see other guys step up. Now, he does have seven quarterback hits. Um, he did have uh, uh, four tackles, to, uh, one tackle, and then three assisted. But, b let me ask you this. This is not the first time in his career that he's getting double teamed and, and he's getting chipped. Um, and they've tried to do a good job of moving him around. So how does he get over that hump? Well, the one thing that he's going to have to do, he's just going to have to get creative and, and, and maybe not be in some of the same areas that you're used to seeing him in. Uh, I know that he's either going to be on the right side or the left side. I think maybe moving him around the defensive line, let him get some favorable matchups in the middle and, and having him stand up in a two-point and, and uh, time out uh, some some rushes where he's able to uh, get some penetration at the snap of the ball and, and, and not be exactly where people have, have seen him uh, for the most part since he's been here with the Arizona Cardinals. B-Train alluded to it earlier in the segment, not the first time Chandler Jones has gone a three-game stretch without a sack. The last time, 2018, weeks 13, 14, and 15, and that season he finished with 13 sacks. So we'll see if number 55 can get on track this week against perhaps – Sam Darnold and the Jets. More on that as the show unfolds. As we have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, when we come back, well, more on what happened or perhaps didn't happen Sunday in Carolina, focusing on Kyler Murray and the Cardinals passing game. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. 
Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Second and goal on the three. Murray takes the snap. Play fake. Rolls right. Throws right. And it's caught by Christian Kirk for a Cardinal touchdown. So Kyler Murray hits Christian Kirk. And Arizona not out of it yet late in the third, trailing by two touchdowns now. I'd say that was one of the few positives from Sunday. Christian Kirk making his return, missing only one game because of a groin injury. Him being healthy and being on the field has been a little bit of an issue his first couple of seasons in the league. But on the field for that touchdown catch, three catches overall for 19 yards. He was targeted five times as we welcome you to the second half of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Barra as we focus now on the passing offense, or really lack thereof, MJ, because of the 133 yards that Murray threw for, it took 24 completions 31 attempts you can do the math bird gang it's not good yeah you you want to be somewhere between seven and nine uh average per catch or average per pass but you know and let's be honest i mean teams are putting a spy on them like they did a year ago teams are rushing four dropping seven back into coverage and now he's got to throw in tight windows and he's an accurate quarterback he's just been off a little bit and i don't know if he's pressing um, clearly, he, he wants to sit in the pocket and make the throws, but a lot of times he uh, tries to get out of the pocket and, and he's got to make a decision, a split-second decision. Do I run? Do I throw it? And receivers are still running their routes. So, you know, that's something that I, I thought he'd make some progress with. But, you know, again, the thing that's puzzling is just they brought back pretty much the entire offense, the play caller, and you added DeAndre Hopkins. You would think they'd be further along, but it is – where they are, and um, from this standpoint, I, I think Kyler Murray realizes that if this team is going to be successful, he's got to play a lot better. It was early in the game, B-Train, but that throw to Larry Fitzgerald down the middle where Fitz jumps and didn't still get a fingertip on the football. In that point, you were just wondering, uh-oh, here we go. But even that football coming out of Murray's hand didn't look great. He throws a very tight spiral, and that ball was anything but a tight spiral. Yeah, Kyler just didn't look comfortable at all at any point during the course of that game, and, and I'm not sure. Uh, well, first you have to give Carolina credit because they didn't let him get comfortable. They they uh, talked about during the broadcast uh, the, the way that you go after a mobile quarterback, you know, where you, you keep him in the pocket, kind of like how we had uh, our our ways of trying to contain a Michael Vick. You're not going to totally shut him down, but you just want to keep him in the pocket and, and – and limit their vision down the field and limit their ability to extend plays. And, and the Carolina Panthers had a great game plan to do that, so you have to give them a lot of credit. But uh, for whatever reason, it just it, it, they just couldn't get going from the very first uh, possession, and it just seemed to snowball as the game went on. Yeah, and you wonder if Matt Patricia put something on film because they, they're throwing a lot of exotic um, coverages and blitzes. You know, sometimes they'll run a zone blitz. Sometimes the safety will come in the box and – so, I mean, it's it's a small sample. We know it's a copycat league, and, you know, they're going to have to counter, and maybe that's going with 11 personnel, you know. Obviously, you get three wide receivers, your running back gets going, and your tight end, and, you know, I know they're trying to spread them out, and, and they want to use their, their weapons. And if you look at Christian Kirk, healthy, he's number three, and Andy Isabella has made some strides. So, 
I, I'm not really concerned. I just think that, you know, they all got to get on the same page and, and they got to be more in in flow and sync where it seems like the buzzword over the last four weeks is they're still trying to find their rhythm. I think they know what they have. Now it's a matter of going out there and executing. Well, on that Christian Kirk touchdown that made it 28-14, that was a seven-play, 75-yard drive, but aided by Kyler Murray's 48-yard run. He also had an eight-yard run in there. you got to get more vertical in the passing attack as well. Here's Christian Kirk on what is happening with the passing game. I think, number one, it just starts with execution. Um, you know, the, the, the number one thing is just that we always try to preach is staying within our scheme and um, and execute and you know that's that's what we need to do and I think one of the things um, that contributes to us not being successful is uh, the penalties and you know getting behind the chains uh, another thing too is you know getting getting KD and getting Chase going in the run game you know also helps a bunch only five penalties on the Cardinals on Sunday, so it wasn't like there were a lot. Sometimes it's not the number, it's when they happen. And then you heard it there, B-Train, Kirk talking about Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Kirk. That run game right now is kind of stalled, but you get the run game going, then that certainly opens up the passing game. Without question, and, and, and one feeds off of each other. I think any time that you can get Kenyon Drake and, and, and Chase Edmonds going, then that just allows play action and, and it buys – uh, Kyler time in the pocket to be able to deliver the ball down the field and, and get those uh, average get that average yard of pass attempt uh, up a little bit and so uh, when you don't get that running game going uh, that 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 makes it very difficult because then you become uh, a a, a one trick pony and you don't ever want to be a one trick pony in the NFL you want to always have the option of either running the ball or passing it and and. Uh, when a team can get you in that situation, it's very difficult to have success. And again, you just have to tip your hat to Carolina for going out and executing their game plan better than what the Cardinals did on Sunday. Well, and, and you know, it, I think it's obvious in the last couple of games that they're, you know, on the on the post game show. I thought Rob Fredrickson brought up a great point. Uh, this team is going east and west, and you got to go north and south. And I think based on you know, Hopkins getting a lot of those bubble screens. It's on film now, so he's not getting this. He's getting different coverage. Before he was able to get a block down, and then he can tiptoe. He's very slippery on the sidelines, and so you're not seeing them. They did take some shots down the field, and what Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury will tell us, we're going to take what the defense gives us. So, in fairness, and we all know it's hard to go on 10, 12 play drives. You got to get two or three first downs. Probably got to get a penalty in there. But you'd like to see some more chunk yards. And one thing that's surprising, guys, is Kyler Murray throwing 10 to 19 yards. He's only completing 54% of his passes. You would think that would be somewhere in the 60s. Yeah, and a lot of those passes, as you said, east and west, horizontal as opposed to north-south and going vertical. In fact, Kingsbury asked specifically on Monday why he stuck with so many short passes when it wasn't working against the Panthers' defense. Yeah, that's that's. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, that's that's the only answer. Um, we didn't have a good enough plan in place to uh, to make the plays down the field that we would have liked to, and uh, that falls on me. And got to call better plays um, when they're taking certain things away. You know, the run game. They're trying to run outside, and and I know that Kenyon Drake trusts the linemen to get to that second layer, like he showed last year. But sometimes you got to run up the middle. I mean, I, and I know Derek Brown was in there and Jeremy Chin and, you know, Zach, uh, Shaq Thompson, so they have a good front seven, but you still got to show it. And, you know, trying to run to the outside, and, and now teams are aware that you're trying to get to the edge. Um, but Drake, he's got to, you know, get back to, you know, breaking tackles and, 
you know, again, his average per carry is going down, it seems like, since week one. Um, and as a running back, you need your touches. You need to get in your flow of the game. But I want to see him break a, a big run, and he hasn't done that yet. And right now, Drake, 3.8 yards per carry. B-Train, it was a year ago at this time. After four games, there was a noticeable shift in the offense. It, had, I think, had more to do with Christian Kirk's absence on the field. But we saw a lot more of two tight ends versus spread it out as far as the wide receivers are concerned. Are we in line? Should we expect another shift in how this offense looks after this four-game sample size? Well, they're going to have to do something because right now the plan is not working. And they've got to figure out a way to to sustain drives. They've got to figure out a way to get first down. And it's not going to always be chunk plays. Sometimes you're going to have to grind it out where you get – two plays or two yards, you know, six yards, then maybe four yards. You're not going to necessarily always have the big splash play at your disposal. Sometimes you're going to have to win ugly and, and win by grinding it out. And, and no, nobody ever said that those wins count more or less than another. Uh, you just need to win, and you got to do whatever it takes to get your team over that hump. And right now they're still searching for answers. It's, it's, it's a young season. But time is of the essence because before you know it, we'll be in November and, and, and people will start to be looking for uh, positions and standings in, in, in the division and in the conference and all those types of things. So you can't let too many of these games get away from you. you got to make sure that you stop the bleeding now. And I'll say this, Kingsbury has shown the ability and probably more importantly the willingness to adapt, which he did last season. You go in with a plan, it doesn't work, you have to adjust. And then the Cardinals certainly looked much better late in the season a year ago. Well, I mean, I, I know they want to throw the ball, but you, you look at the, what the Browns are doing. They rushed for over 300 yards. I mean, Greg Williams, we'll talk about him next because he's been in this division for a long time, and now he's with the Jets. So I, I would try to run the football and then use a lot of play action and try to take some shots down the field if that's feasible for them. Bird Gang, catch up on all Cardinals flight plan episodes. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals. When we come back, yeah, we'll look ahead to Sunday's matchup against the Jets. Not too many meetings with these two teams. We'll touch on that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. receivers to the left one to the right Darnold rush coming Darnold avoids it steps up Darnold looking to run again oh what a fake at the 45 he's to the 40 30 25 20 Sam Darnold could go he's in for the touchdown a brilliant run major highlight for Sam Darnold he was dead to rights and he turns it into six the 46 yard touchdown run by Sam Darnold, the longest run by any Jets ball carrier this season, which is probably not a good thing when your quarterback is leading that category. The Jets are the opponents on Sunday. They are 0-4. They played last Thursday night, falling to the Broncos at home 37-28. As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry. Now, we talked about it earlier in the show, hinted that Sam Darnold dealing with a shoulder injury, and there is a growing sentiment B-train that Darnold will not play this week, although he was quoted yesterday saying that he wants to be able to at least get on the practice field and see how he will be. Quote, the shoulder keeps getting better 
every day. So we will see and have to wait maybe until Friday or maybe not even until game time. But if it's not Darnold B-Train, then you've got the veteran Joe Flacco who came on for two pass attempts on Thursday to be that quarterback of the winless Jets. Look, we know the Jets are struggling right now. They're not a very good football team. But, again, you cannot underestimate any team in this league because they still have very capable players. And if you don't execute your own game plan, any team can beat you. Again, you're on the road. You're on the East Coast. People are going to keep trying to bring that narrative up. Like it's, it's a law for the Arizona Cardinals that they just can't play well on the East Coast. This is a great opportunity for the Cardinals to, to write a lot of things that are wrong with them right now. <clears throat> and if they're able to go out and play well, then they should come out of this with a much-needed win. Yeah, according to the New York Daily News, um, Manish Mehta, who covers the uh, Jets, he said he wants to play and maybe could, but there's a sentiment in the organization it would be reckless, smarter to give him more time off. Now, as for Joe Flacco, I mean, he, he had back surgery. Um, obviously, he was let go in Denver. He's, you know, he missed a lot of training camp, but we know he can throw the ball around. I'm sure they're going to try to run the football here and then, you're going to have to worry about Greg Williams because they had six personal fouls. Now, what's interesting about the game last Thursday, so they're on a mini-bye, is the Broncos did score, or um, the Jets did score 28 points. Well, they do have Frank Gore, who, if we're going to talk about Larry Fitzgerald B. Tran as far as being the ageless one, how about Frank Gore leading the Jets with 174 rushing yards, someone who is certainly showing no signs of slowing down at his quote-unquote advanced age. No question. And, and again, it, it goes back to what I was saying. It, they have guys that can still play. It, it, just because they haven't had success and it's been a struggle thus far doesn't mean that they can't get healthy on any given week. And so you, you can't underestimate any opponent right now, especially if you're the Cardinals coming off of a two-game losing streak. You've got to make sure that you cross every T, that you dot every I, that you leave no uh, game plan unprepared, no aspect of it, uh, you know, undone and and you you got to go and, and and do everything that you can to make sure that you get a win because right now you can't afford to take anybody lightly these wins are going to start to matter more and more as the weather starts to change and as you get deeper into the season offensively the jets the worst passing offense in the league defensively they're about middle of the road in many of the categories but for the cardinals it's probably more predicated on them than their opponents christian kirk uh, what it's going to take for the cardinals to come up with a win on the road on another 10 a.m start time it's a hard league to play in um you know making big plays just isn't something that you know you can just show up and, and walk out there and do. You know, when guys are out there excelling and making plays, you know, we got to have more energy on the sideline, whether it's, you know, the offense, you know, getting up off the bench and, and cheering on the defense and vice versa and, you know, the special teams guys. So, you know, I, I feel like, you know, that's just one of the things that we lacked and we got to keep working on is just bringing intensity. Now, look, we talked about it. B-Train addressed it at the top of the show as far as that 10 a.m. start time, MJ. But listen, training camp, practice, this team – is on the field, and in many cases off the field, by 10 a.m. during the week. Yeah, I understand it, and, and it's been a situation for a lot of years, but they won back-to-back road games last year. They went to Cincinnati and, and the Giants, and people want to say, well, that was Cincinnati and the Giants, but the Cardinals were 0-4, and, and they went on a three-game winning streak. So, again, you don't make the schedule, you just play it. And if they get off to a, a quick lead there, you got to think, uh, you know, Adam Gase's name has been speculated. Um, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. That's, uh, you know, their organization. But 
I got to think guys are going to be start looking at okay, who's going to be the head coach? And you know, Greg Williams, um, he's going to play right to the echo of the whistle. At least his players are. So I think getting the lead there, and maybe these I wouldn't say they're going to roll over, but the, the human nature is here we go again. Yeah, and B Train, you certainly don't want to give the Jets or a team like the Jets any sense of confidence that hey, we're in this or we have an opportunity. If the Cardinals can come out and really at the get at the out of the gate really put the foot down then perhaps maybe this is one of those games that you can uh not coast but one of those games that you can feel much better about yourself than where you are right now definitely want to jump all over these guys you don't want to give them any momentum as you just said craig and and i really believe that this team has to play with a little edge you can't afford to just go out there and think you're going to just show up and and because you have a better personnel that your team is going to win you, you got to go out and actually execute you got to earn wins in the nfl and that's what i love so much about it when i played and it still holds true today if you don't go out and play well then you're probably not going to get the win so we'll see what this team is all about here in the next couple weeks 10 a.m. is the kickoff, 5.30 a.m. The pregame coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. We will talk to you in one week's time, knock on wood, about a win and a Cardinals team that is three and two. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Cody Fincher. For Mike Jarecki, Bertram Berry, I'm Craig Riolu. This has been the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.